Hi, welcome to Story Hall, a podcast exploring the lore behind the most important stories in the world. So pull up a chair by the fireplace and let us put a story in your hole. <laughs> Hi, I'm Roger. I'm Joey. I'm Kevin. And I'm Brian. Hey, guys. I've got a, a request for you. Um, I'm going to need you to turn the lights down low for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe light some candles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. would you come join me around this table? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Okay. We're, we're going to have a seance. Oh, I thought it was a romantic thing. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I thought this was the moment. I put on my best Yankee candle right now. <laughs> yeah. It smells so good in here. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. We're, uh, we're not going to find love. We're going to find some spirits. It could be both, though. It could be both. Yeah, yeah let's not count it out. Because remember, remember when uh, in in Ghostbusters two, when uh, what's his face gets a blowjob? Oh, <laughs> that's God. right, a ghost, a ghost job. Do you remember in the movie yeah. Ghost where Patrick Swayze and Debbie Moore have a, a sexy ceramics? That's true. Oh, yeah, and I, yeah. I'm gonna come behind you and and make some some clay with you. There's a lot of romance with ghosts. Now that mm-hmm. I think about it, yeah. <laughs> You guys are bringing some really good points yeah. up. There's also ectoplasm all over the place. What do you think uh, that is? Oh, mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. You're not fooling anyone, Slimer. Man, if Slimer's <laughs> slime was just him, just... It's like kiss juice or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> just it's too it's kiss too juicy? too early in the episode to say <laughs> <laughs> what's kiss juice, Kevin? I don't know. It's ghost stuff. I'm not a ghost. <laughs> ghost, stuff. ghost stuff. No uh, kiss juice. Um Okay. Sorry. We're just gonna ask the spirits a question. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything you want to know? Any secret about the past, the present, the future? Ask any question. We'll see if the ghosts can answer it. Hmm. I have one. I have one. What's what's all this kiss juice? Okay. Okay. We're, okay. Let's take take each other's hands. We're gonna close our eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna open our hearts and open our minds, and we'll take turns uh, letting the spirit speak through us. So just one letter at a time. I'll start. Okay. And then Joey, and then Kevin, and then Brian. Mm-hmm. We'll each take turns letting the spirits just say a single word from our mouths, mm. and we'll see we'll see what they what they come up with. Yeah. So, okay, spirits. Our question is. What is kiss juice? Uh, B. Why? Tickle. <laughs> um, B. Why tickle? Uh, R. By tickler. By tickler. All right. So apparently, kiss juice is by tickler. <laughs> Kevin's spirit went all out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it just came to me. Yeah, have you ever considered that you're a medium, Kevin? Because you got a whole word. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because like on the on the Ouija board, it actually has a few words, and it looks like someone wrote in tickler oh. underneath the word goodbye. <laughs> I get it. I get I, it. I misunderstood because B and Y are also words, mm-hmm. and I. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one point you said a different word, but maybe I, I didn't follow the instructions, guys. I'm sorry. It's go- ghosts is hard. Ghosts is hard. Ghosts is hard, man. Ghosts is hard. Everyone everyone agrees. And actually, that's perfect. Uh, Joe, you mentioned Ouija boards. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the Ouija board. Anybody want to guess when the Ouija board was invented? I do. What do you think? 1972. 1972. Oh, I want to go way, way back. Yeah. Four, 1442. Oh, shit. Okay. The year uh, the year Columbus sailed ocean blue. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'll take 1917. 1917. Uh, the late answer is 1890. Oh. So, Kev wins. He was the closest. Cool. Good job, Kevin. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, well, hey, was it Price is Right rules? Price is Right rules. Yeah. Joey wins. We didn't establish okay, that. Uh-huh. You win. Well, we didn't establish you that. You win a new uh, refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> is it haunted? Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's a ghost inside. Don't open it. 
But yeah, it was invented in 1890 in the U.S. And it was invented during a time when spiritualism was hugely popular across the country. Um, now, spiritualism is, I don't think I could call it a religion, right? It's, its I guess it's like a kind of a widespread superstition of that time period. The, the basic- I think it's decidedly not religion because usually people say I'm not religious, but I'm, I'm spiritual. spiritual. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. It's the whole idea behind spiritualism is that um, it's a belief that when you die, your your spirit continues on, right? Ghosts are real. And these spirits, they can talk to us. They want to talk to us. You just have to find the way of opening a line of communication with them. And this was hugely popular across the U.S. And this is when we start to see seances and mediums and, and fortune tellers really get popular. And it wasn't seen as some fringe, occult, weird thing. It was mainstream. It was totally acceptable, which might seem a little far-fetched to us now. It's weird to think of a time when everyone was like agreeing that that seances were legitimate. But at the time, there was other things going on that seemed inexplicable. Like, for example, the telephone had just been invented. And now all of a sudden, I could be in California. I could call up my aunt that lives across the country. And even though her body isn't here, I could hear her disembodied voice as if she was here. People were like, that's crazy. How much of a leap is it to think that maybe there could also be some way that we could do the same thing with people that are are dead? Well, I mean, that, you know? that does actually make sense because that's what quantum physics is. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the entanglement between uh, like particles that there's like basically on the other side of the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. And not to get like too history dorky, but that's like uh, kind of a known history thing that at the turn of the century, there's this th- this concept called the paradigm shift. And a lot of things are like going through a paradigm shift, including the view of science going from like a tangible thing where it solves all the problems to an intangible where like we don't know what's out there, but we're going to keep asking mm-hmm. good questions to figure out. So yeah, it, so anything uh, is possible, yeah. kind of, right? Is that the idea? Very much. I read about something like that too. It was, it was very similar. It's called a paradigm shift. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, anything was possible. So people were just primed to believe in in anything. Even religious people, like devoted Christians, a lot of them totally embraced this idea of spiritualism. And uh, it was seen as nothing dark or spooky. It was just exciting and, and a new way to communicate. So we have all these popular mediums, all these people that you could pay and they would hold a seance for you and, and they would open up these lines of communication. And um, most of the seances were actually, they seemed pretty boring. They, they weren't the action-packed supernatural events I would expect. There were mostly things like um, spirit rapping. Do you guys know what spirit rapping is? They like knock, right? Yeah. Like you get them to like knock in response to questions. Yep. It sounds really fun, right? It sounds like ghosts yeah, rapping. That's not, that's not at all. I was hoping it would no. be. <laughs> you would sit around a table and you would ask a question and then the ghost would take his invisible ghostly hand and he would knock on the table and he would spell out words. So if he knocked once, that was an A. And two knocks for a B and three knocks for a C and so on to slowly spell out an answer. Oh, that sucks. What if you were talking about like some sort of a Z? Twenty six knocks for the first letter. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you ask like what's what's a stripy animal, you would be there all night. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound super boring. I, I would much rather just be like a, a ghost rapping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Joe, you wanna give us a t- test of what that would sound like? <laughs> I would love to. I, okay. I really would. But I don't mess around with that kind of magic. Uh, <laughs> It'll oh, follow okay. you home. <laughs> That's good advice, and we'll see why. I mean, honestly, in a bit. if we 
took what you just said and put it to a fat beat. I'd be into it. <laughs> Start a SoundCloud. Ooh, fighting, fighting the urge. <laughs> <laughs> just, just let loose, man. Just, just let that kissing juice go. And <laughs> no, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't want to get any ectoplasm around my computer. Yeah, not again. <laughs> Whether it's from a ghost or a human, you can't get that stuff out of anything. <laughs> no, no stains. I got stains everywhere. You can only see it if you have a black light, though. <laughs> the, key, the key is to oh, use gross. peanut butter. Peanut butter. Um, so all this is going on in the background. And and when that's happening in the late 1800s, like 1890 or so, we have a group of businessmen, five businessmen that are watching from the sidelines and they're thinking, how can we cash in on this? And they think, what if we make some new system, some kind of product that people can buy from us that would let them hold their own seances in the comfort of their own homes? But it would have to be faster and more fun, right? The knocking system just isn't going to work. So they think, what if we just take a board and we write letters on it? And what if we get a little pointer We call it a planchette. And then people can just put their fingers on the planchette, just lightly touching it. And then we'll tell them that the spirits will guide their hands to each letter. And that'll quickly spell out messages. And it's way more effective, way more fun. You can do it anywhere. It's way better than spirit wrapping. So let's do it. And that was it. They had found it. They found the basic idea of the Ouija board. It was a, a great idea. So they started a company. They call it the Canard Novelty Company in 1890. And the single product that they're going to manufacture is this, this seance board. But they need to come up with a catchy name. Seance board isn't, isn't going to cut it. And now we know that they come up with the name Ouija board. But do you guys know where that comes from? Uh, is it a demon? Spelled crazy. So think of, let's think of the spelling. It's like O-I-J-A. Uh, O-U-I-J-A. Yeah, O-U-I-J-A. That A mm-hmm. always seems like an unexpected twist at the end, huh? Ouija. Ouija. Yeah, where does the Ouija come from when it's I think it's probably just over time, we probably just the language kind of messed it up. Yeah, just mispronunciations over the last hundred years. We could just call Kate Planchette and ask her. Man, I didn't know how you were going to do that. I was like, man, I got to get a Kate Blanchett joke in here. And I was like, no way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is that the girl from Titanic? It wasn't a material, but it was definitely, a, I just wanted but to get did, it in before anyone else did. <laughs> you did, you did. Uh, she's not, that's uh, Kate Winslet that you're thinking, Roger. Kate Planchette is. Uh, she's in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. She's. Um, is she Gandalf? The, the elf witch. Oh, Galadriel? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Galadriel, that's it. I love her. She's great. I love her too. I'd love to have her lay on a board and I could scoot her around <laughs> for pointed letters for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you said this wasn't going to be romantic, Roger. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, nobody really knows actually where the name comes from. There's a handful of stories. One of them is probably true or maybe a combination of them. Um, one of the most popular ideas, and this probably isn't based on anything real, but they think that Ouija, Ouija comes from the words yes in French and German. Yes in we is, is I mean, sorry, yes in French is we, uh, in German is jaw. So it's yes, yes, in French and German. The story that the Canard Company claims, though, is that one of the businessmen that invented it had a sister-in-law. And this sister-in-law was actually a medium herself. She claimed that she could contact the dead. So they took their prototype board over to her house so she could test it out. And it worked. The sister-in-law put her fingers on the planchette and it starts spelling out messages. And the businessmen are asking the spirit, what should we call this thing? And the spirit writes out, O-U-I-J-A, Ouija. And they're pretty confused by that response because it just seems like nonsense. They're like, Ouija, Ouija. So they ask the, the spirit, what does that mean? What is that word supposed to be? And the board just replies, good luck, and then ends the seance. And that's it. It's pretty cryptic, right? Maybe it just means good luck. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It's just a very literal thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like that, but also... 
what ghosts were they asking? Well, he doesn't have the authority to do that. That's like me just picking a random dude out on the street and being like, hey, for yeah. the sake of the human race, mm-hmm. I need you to name this planet. <laughs> yeah. And he says, Earth. <laughs> and I say, that's a stupid name. Mm-hmm. There's another layer to this too, actually. That sister-in-law, she was a big activist for uh, women's rights in the 19th century. And one of the leading women in that movement at the time, someone that the sister-in-law really looked up to, was a woman named Ouida, O-U-I-D-A. Hmm. And the sister-in-law was such a big fan that she had a locket. She would wear a locket around her neck with a picture of Ouida and her name on it. So it's very possible that she just needed to come up with a name. And she just, <laughs> the first thing she thought of was the name that was around her neck. And she just went with it. It's and then missed the D somehow and hit the J instead. That's and great. That became, became Ouija. Are they close on the Ouija board? I don't know. That's a good question. Let me, uh. Let me pull up an image. I bet she started doing it and realized what she was doing. She's like, oh, I got to change it. Yeah. So she just went with They're going to realize I'm a fraud. <laughs> one different letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the D and the J are pretty much opposite sides. It, it'd be a hard. You'd have to hang mm. a hard right to get to that J. Is it Pac-Man rules? So if you go off the side of one, does the planchette immediately go to the other side? <laughs> you yeah. back around. Come back on the other side. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, there is one other explanation for the origin of the name. And this one seems the most legitimate. It also ties into the history of rituals that are like this from the past. It dates back to the year 400 in ancient China. They had this ritual where you would hold a small stick over a tray of ashes, ashes that were from incense that were burned during religious ceremonies. And you close your eyes and you ask a question and you would just empty your mind. And then the spirits or, or maybe even gods would guide your hand and write letters in the ashes. They called it spirit writing. And the Chinese term for spirit writing was Fuji, F-U-J-I, which is suspiciously close to Ouija. So it's possible that these businessmen might have somehow read about this ancient Chinese practice and just kind of just kind of taken it. But anyway, they have their board, they have their name. Now it's time to start selling it. But there is one small obstacle. They're going to need to patent the thing. Otherwise, anybody will just be able to take their idea and make their own Ouija boards and sell it themselves. Now the problem is, in order to get a patent, they have to verify that it works. If they claim that it can be used to get messages from beyond the grave, they have to prove that it can get messages from beyond the grave in front of a U.S. patent officer so he can sign off on it. And that's definitely a problem. You know, these businessmen, none of them actually believe in the thing. They're just looking for a way to make money on spiritualism. But they figure that they'll give it their best shot and just see what happens. So they bring the sister-in-law with them, the one that claims to be the medium, the one that came up with the name. And they go down to the U.S. patent office and they meet with the chief patent officer and they put on this whole demonstration to prove that it works. They sit down around the patent officer's desk and the sister-in-law sets the mood. You know, she turns the lights off, lights candles, and she instructs everyone at the table, including the patent officer, to lightly put their fingers on the planchette. And then she tells the patent officer that he can ask the spirits any question he wants, past, present, future, anything. And the patent officer asks, what's my name? Oh. He figures if the spirits are real, they should be able to tell him what his name is. Does he have a name tag on? <laughs> if they're not real, <laughs> they won't be able to do it. And to his astonishment, the planchette starts to move. Everyone keeps insisting that they're not moving it, but it's moving. And the spirits do it. They spell out his name. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> he just loses his mind. He's blown away. And he signs off on the patent immediately. They talk, there's an account about how the patent officer was visibly shaken afterwards because he had just <laughs> communicated with the dead. Now, in reality, everyone in that room knew the guy's name. That's oh. the worst question I can think of to try to prove that this thing works. That's so, so silly. It's <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway. What a dummy. <laughs> yeah. It works. I mean, I guess the guy just wanted to believe in it. So he signs off and now they're in business. The Canard Novelty 
company takes off. Is there ever been like any, like probably not, but like any question that they like paid him off? Oh, maybe. And so he willingly asked a dumb question and be like, oh, I'm, I'm shaken. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot more sense. Instead lot of more him sense. Just, yeah. Instead of him being an idiot, he's like, oh, I asked this question and I was floored. And he made 50 <laughs> bucks off the deal. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's hugely successful. It it sells like crazy. Over the next two years, they build like four new Ouija board factories. I think there's uh, two in New York, two in, in Chicago. They're all over the East Coast. They they open up a factory in London because they're selling so much. They just have to keep ramping up Ouija board production. Factory? A Ouija board factory. You imagine just a bunch of levers and conveyor belts. I want to, but I just, how do they really need that many Ouija boards? Apparently. At that, what year? He says 18 something? 1890, 1892-ish. How many ghosts were there even? There's only like 300 (laughs) ghosts. We've we've got twice (laughs) as many ghosts now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, uh, stories start to emerge uh, because they're so popular about all these incredible things that Ouija boards can do. And some of them are really funny. There's one, uh, a woman named Emily Hutchins that used a Ouija board to contact the ghost of Mark Twain. And she co-wrote a new Mark Twain novel with his ghost uh-huh. and released it. And people were very surprised because the book was terrible. And people started to think like, hey, maybe maybe that wasn't Mark Twain's ghost. Yeah, it was some other ghost. Well, maybe Mark Twain was just not as good at writing anymore. Yeah. He lost his he touch. Lost yeah. yeah, Maybe because he based his work on his life experiences. You know, now that he's dead, he doesn't have right. those anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were a, a dead guy who always wanted to write a novel, and somebody was like calling Mark Twain to help with their their book. Wouldn't you kind of like sneak yeah, in I'm there? Mark Twain. Be, yeah, Mark Twain. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll help you. Yeah. Did he go to heaven? Do you think Mark, Mark Twain? Twain? Yeah. No. So no. that's the problem. Terrible man. Because oh, I saw the hell book. Yeah. If you ever saw the documentary "What Dreams May Come," then you know that he just probably lives in a dark, scary like house. Oh man. And he has no yeah. experiences there, so he can't really can't really write. No, any references. He just sees weird, weird monsters all the time. So there's other people at the time that are using Ouija boards to help police solve crimes by contacting the, the dead victims. So if there's a murder case, you would hire somebody to Ouija board contact the victim to get clues, which is pretty funny. I got to say, like, that sounds ridiculous, but you have no idea. I've gotten really into in my, my, my later life, my 30s, I guess, <laughs> some would call it, um, into true crime and the amount of times – that law enforcement actually consults psychics really is is insane in the 21st century today it's insane yeah. still today all the time how on big cases consistently does it, does it work never never <laughs> it never works because it's not real it's it's, <laughs> it's insane <laughs> but I, I don't know what what it leads to i mean or why law enforcement would do it maybe they just basically do it as like a comfort tool because it never really never really plays into their investigation. Do you guys remember in like the early 2000s when they had all those television shows with mediums? Yeah. yeah. It was like an audience. That was a popular, it was like a daytime TV show yeah. with a psychic. That was crazy, right? Yeah. I haven't thought that about was that crazy. in a long time. That was on TV. There was also like Miss Cleo and like the ads where you called like a, you know, a yeah. paid phone line and get some information about your future. It's clear. I mean, it is kind of crazy, and not to get too edgy. So we we might have to edit this one out if it gets too edgy. But like, most of the world believes that there is a very powerful creator. That if you pray to him and be like, "Hey, I really love you. Could you help me out with this?" That it, it will work. 
So what's the difference between that, that and just asking Miss Cleo for some information? I mean, honestly, Cleo is actually a, 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 a living, breathing person. At least I've <laughs> seen Miss Cleo. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know what she does. <laughs> it's true. Here's a couple other examples of funny Ouija board stories. Uh, there was an old rich woman. And when she died in her will, she didn't leave any money to her close family, but instead left her fortune to this charming ghost gentleman that she had been talking to through her Ouija board every night. <laughs> oh, cool. What is he going to do with the money? Yeah, you can't take it with you. <laughs> right? How does the, What's the ghost going to do with that money? You're gonna. You're dying, right? You're gonna die. You're gonna become a ghost. Instead of just keeping the money as a ghost, you give it to a different ghost. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Maybe she thought, okay, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna actually meet this guy for real now, and it was just a nice gesture oh, to show how much she cared for him. You know, it's flirting. Ghost Maybe flirting. she hooked up with like an ancient pharaoh, and he's all about like oh, sending yeah. the, the stuff with you when you die. And so she's, he's like, you're gonna want you know coins on your eyeballs. <laughs> Uh, Abraham Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd Lincoln. Yes. She uh-huh. would hold Ouija board sessions in the White House to try to contact their dead son. And Abe, Abe would do it with her. They had full-on Ouija board seance sessions in the White House. Yes. It's just crazy to think about. It was so widely accepted. It was everywhere. And nobody really thought of it as a dark, spooky thing. It was just a, it was just fun. And it was just like a positive experience. Really, the only kind of dark history of the Ouija board is that the owner of the company in 1927 died in a very mysterious way. For some reason, he went up to the roof of the Ouija board factory in the middle of the night and then jumped off or maybe fell. Nobody really knows why or or how, but there were whispers that maybe the spirits made him do it. Why don't they just ask him? With the Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a board for that. <laughs> There's tools downstairs. Well done, Kevin. Kevin, crack the case, crack guys. The case. We need to get a Ouija board stat. <laughs> Kevin, you always were the, the best detective on the show. Dude, yeah. But uh, it, stayed, I mean, it stayed positive. It stayed popular for a really long time. Sales just kept going up. Um, especially, Actually, this is, a little, this is a little depressing. This is a little bit dark. But every time things are really bad in the U.S., like there's a war or something, sales for Ouija boards skyrocket. Oh, so, like, in the 19-teens, World War One, people start buying a ton of Ouija boards. I mean, you know, probably, they're trying to contact their dead relatives, right? Yeah. You know, your, your son just goes overseas and never comes back, so they're just doing anything they can to try to reach out or to him. Or it's like a... a- uh, a modern day Mothman. It's around like with great disasters, the Ouija board. So the, the, the spike in Ouija boards might come before the disaster. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. I like that. I like that. Uh, in the 1930s, the Great Depression, Ouija boards are, are crazy popular. They actually have to open up more factories during the Great Depression to meet Ouija board demand. Yeah, that's that's so sad. <laughs> Everything is having a hard time except for Ouija's. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Uh, 1940s World War II, 1960s Vietnam. During each one of these, if you look at a graph, you'll see a noticeable spike in Ouija board sales. But all of that changes in 1971. The golden age of the Ouija board being a universally beloved pastime comes crashing down. And it happens because of a single movie. Do you guys want to take a guess what movie ruins the Ouija board? 1971. Poltergeist. It's not Poltergeist. It's The Exorcist. Exorcist. That's stupid, stupid, Joey. (laughs) I'll give you credit, Joey. No. When you said Poltergeist, I was thinking Exorcist in my head. That's what popped in my head. Those movies seem like the exact same movie in my head. I always get the the two confused. One of them was shot in Simi Valley. Yeah. The the Poltergeist house is in the town we live in. Yeah. In the house I live in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So in The Exorcist... And the movie's about uh, a 12-year-old girl. She's totally normal, happy life, until she plays with a Ouija board. 
when she touches the planchette for the first time, it starts to move and she starts to get messages from a friendly spirit named Mr. Howdy. And the girl and Mr. Howdy become friends. They talk all the time through the Ouija board. But it turns out Mr. Howdy isn't a friendly spirit at all. He's a demon. And get this, his name isn't even really Mr. Howdy. His real name is Pazuzu. <laughs> Wait, what? what? How'd it get sillier? <laughs> That's just as good. Like, why wouldn't you just start with that? I would love to talk to Pazuzu. Pazuzu could literally tell me that he's kind of, I'm kind of bad. I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But it's me, Pazuzu. Dude. All right, buddy. Come on in. It's warm in here. I do like Mr. Howdy, though. That's who, I mean, yeah. it's hard to be scared of a Mr. Howdy. You might put a snake in your boots. <laughs> That's true. So the 12-year-old girl, she accidentally contacts a demon with her Ouija board. And and that's it. That's all it takes. It opens up a channel between her and the devil. And the devil slips right in and possesses her body. And then before you know it, she starts her head spinning around. And she's like projectile vomiting everywhere. And she climbing up the walls and levitating. And she kills a priest. (laughs) Things get really bad. And this movie is hugely popular. It was the second biggest movie that year. And it basically single-handedly changed the public's perception of the Ouija board. It had never been associated with evil or satanic stuff, really. It had always been considered, at worst, a fun, silly toy, and at best, a really good, useful tool to reach out to loved ones. Even Christians before 1971 had no problem with the Ouija board. But all of that changes with The Exorcist. The Ouija board becomes a tool for the devil, a trap that can lure unsuspecting people in and let demons possess them. So parents start forbidding their children from playing with them. People start throwing them out in the garbage to get them out of their houses. There are open calls to ban them from stores. Not to get uh, too real, but uh, my mom threw ours away. Really? Yep. She just very quietly just took it out in the backyard, uh, broke it, and threw it away. Wow. And I didn't find out until years later. I was like, Mom, what the hell? <laughs> it's made by Parker Brothers, not the devil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't mean any harm. <laughs> the Canard Company ends up getting bought out by Parker Brothers in like mid-20th century, um, which mm-hmm. seems so. I mean, how could something be scary if it's made by Parker Brothers? They make Monopoly. Monopolies are scary. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we have to have laws against Monopolies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we have laws against ghosts? <laughs> we should. Yeah, but that's I mean, it's it's kind of a precursor of everything that happens in the 80s and the 90s. There's the whole satanic panic. Do you guys know about that? Yeah, it's this uh, kind of general trend in the 80s and 90s where a bunch of family groups kind of fueled by like fundamentalist Christian belief start thinking that all these different toys are actually secret traps that are luring kids into worshiping the devil. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, a bunch of video games, they all get kind of lumped in and and uh, there's like public calls to stop them to help save the kids. And that all really starts with the Ouija board because of The Exorcist. But despite all that, the Ouija board survives. I mean, it stays in stores, it still sells, people are still buying it, but the image of it has definitely been changed. It's seen as something that's edgier and more dangerous now. It pops up in horror movies rather than in in the White House. And people are buying it not because they actually want to use it as a positive tool, but because it's like a, it's a dangerous, spooky thing you do with your friends during a sleepover. Now, if you guys want, we could talk about the science behind the Ouija board. Do you guys want to pull back the curtain or do, should we let the mystery live on? Yeah, I mean. Science? Oh, is there an answer? Yeah. Is there a magnet in it? Are we talking science or are we talking psychology? Both. I mean, it's kind of one and the same. It's uh, yeah. It's 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 a social science. It's a social science. Huh. It's, it's a soft science. Uh, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Scientists attribute the movement of the planchette on the board to be less about people purposely moving it and then and then lying about it, which is what I always assumed was happening, and more about something called the idiomotor response. 
the idiomotor response is an automatic muscle movement that takes place without our conscious thought. And it's a real thing. It's like, like reflexes, basically. And these reflexes can be easily influenced by our minds without us being aware of it at all. Like, uh, for example, imagine right now that you're sucking on a sour piece of candy. Okay. Mm. Like imagine, imagine you got a Sour Patch Kid in that big old mouth of yours. Uh-huh. If you really think about it, did your mouth start salivating more? Did you actually get a little? Oh. Did you get a little wetter in there? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I definitely did. I started feeling that weird little like tingy thing in the back of your jaw, like ee sour. Do they <laughs> insinuate then that uh, this is uh, like a Pavlovian response? Kind of. I mean, the Pavlovian response is uh, is a trigger that warrants a response, right? Yeah, conditioning. I mean, it's the idea that you have like a uh, you've been like. Trained? Trained to expect a certain physiological I guess so. reaction. And so your body does. And so in the Ouija, your brain's telling you, oh, I'm going to be contacting this. And so your subconscious wills it to be? Yes. Yeah. Just Man. the just the suggestion of something happening is enough for us to have very tiny actual physical muscular reflexes that we are completely unaware of. That's very There's another cool. pretty cool one. This is fun. Do this with me right now. Everybody close your eyes and stick out your arms straight in front of you. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine in your right hand that I tie a balloon around your wrist and the balloon is is floating up towards the ceiling. You know, really imagine it. You can feel the string around your wrist. It's just lightly bobbing towards the ceiling. And now in your left hand, you're gonna place a heavy book. Imagine like a big old book about about some boring history shit or something. It's (laughs) it's a big book. I hate you so much right now. (laughs) Just really feel it. Now open your eyes. Hey, That's so cool. Wow. <laughs> is your balloon your balloon hand is a little bit higher than the book hand? <laughs> yeah, a couple of inches. It's crazy. You're completely unaware that your arms are moving. You're not willfully moving your arms, but just the suggestion is enough to trigger it. That's the idiomotor response. My hands were doing a weird thing. So what thing you're too. saying is what what happened? Your pants like, did a weird thing. Mm-hmm. That's I- what I heard. <laughs> oh no, kissing juice. Oh, kissing juice. oh no, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> now what were you gonna say? Oh, just it was weird that my hands were doing a weird thing. Um, uh, it's probably it's, the time has passed, but but my my I'm left sorry. hand was a circle, my and my right hand was a finger going in and out of it. But you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh nice. So, so we're just dupes then. Yeah. We're just suggestive. We're dupes. just easily suggestive dupes. Yeah, and that's what's happening with the Ouija board. You know, the power of suggestion is a real thing, and the video motor responses is very real. So when you're lightly touching that planchette. You know, you're not thinking about moving it, but in your head, you're thinking about moving it. You know, you're expecting it to be moved. (laughs) And the idiomotor response is subtle enough that it's probably not going to do anything. But you get a group of people together and they're all having that same response. It could be enough to scoot that planchette a considerable amount of distance. And it could be random movement, too, because everyone's idiomotor responses are reacting differently. So that's enough. You know, that's it's it's. Nobody's lying. It, typically, if you have a group of friends that are Ouijing together, nobody's actually trying to fake out the other ones. Everyone is moving it, just unaware of it. Hmm. Either that or I guess it, it could be Pazuzu. <laughs> it kind of is a total revelation because I always assumed anytime I played on it, I was like, one of you is doing this on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Why are all my friends lying to me? Yeah. That's kind of great. I have a th- something that I just realized during this call. Um, I might have had a Ouija board experience. Really? And you blocked it out until this moment? Yeah, kind of. Uh, I'll explain. It's not a traditional Ouija board experience because I bought one so that me and my friend Lacey could go to Sycamore Park, which is a local haunted park, allegedly, in Mm Simi Valley. Yeah. And we went and lit candles and tried to use it. It didn't do anything. And then I put it in my closet. In my, I have like a, when you walk through my front door of my house on the left side, there's a tiny little coat closet. 
and it was in there with some boxes, some other stuff. And um, like over the course of a year, like nothing really happened. It was just sitting there. And then that closet just started rotting one day. Oh, I remember weird. that. You got a bunch uh, of yeah, mold a bunch in your closet. Of, like black mold started mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere and taking over that closet. And it ate like my my favorite coat and a bunch of other boxes. And then I had to throw everything away that was in that closet and come get it treated. And at the at the bottom of Ouija it, board. it's the Ouija board. Yeah. That's that's some Pazuzu goo, man. Yeah. Oh, Ouija man. Juice. I have a Ouija board that I bought because a friend of ours or a coworker of ours was having a um, a baby shower. Yeah. And I brought it so we could try to contact the baby before it was born. <laughs> but <laughs> didn't work. That baby uh, can't talk, but it can spell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. If you have a minute, go leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or, or whatever platform you listen to us on. That would help us out a bunch. Yeah, it's funny because I've been looking at the data and stuff, and we're seeing like a huge increase in people listening to it on Apple Podcasts. I wonder if that's because we're asking for reviews on there. I think that's also just the most the most popular platform. That's what I listen to it Is on. Is it? Probably that, between that and Spotify. Yeah, I was thinking Spotify. Um, another popular platform you could support us on would be Instagram over uh, at Storyhole Podcast on Instagram if you want to follow us there. If you guys are kind of bored with Instagram and Apple Podcasts, just send us a Ouija uh, <laughs> message and we'll pick it up in the wavelengths, <laughs> telekinesis, and we'll get right back to you. Try to keep it simple, though, because I hate spelling. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you.